Call with Dads, your podcast for unscripted conversations and honest opinions about what matter to dads. Join the call in this journey called fatherhood. Now here are your hosts to get things started. E.A. Maynard, the man of many words and some of them could make sense. Hi, I'm E.A. Maynard. Along with Mr. Pancakes, who is working to bring back family traditions starting with breakfast. This is Mr. Pancake, and this is Call with Dads. So let's get into this then. Let's talk about communication. Let's talk about the joys of talking to your kids. Because unlike talking to your wife, which could have a whole nother episode to itself, kids, you know, I remember being a teenager was difficult for my parents to try to have conversations with me. I know trying to talk to my five-year-old is like pulling your hair out at some times. And then, and then obviously my one and a half year old, she's, she's still learning, but she seems to understand what you're saying. But I mean, what's your take on, on talking with your kids so far? Because yours is five years old too. Mine's shy of six. So they're, they're coming up on that age change. So from your experience so far with one, everyone says girls mature faster than boys. So let's kind of find out from our experience of conversation. What's your take on it? Um, well, my uh, my daughter she'll be five in like a month or so. So she she's pretty much five years old. Right. She she has always been. I would I would say very 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 ahead of everything. Oddly, um, we're we're actually starting to go down a road of maybe on top of being super intelligent, but maybe having like a genetic version of ADHD or ADHD, whatever it's called. Uh, Basically a very hyper child, low tension span. Right. Very hyper, very, very squirrel. Like every, everything's <laughs> like, you know I mean, like every two seconds. So with, with that stuff, we have to find, kind of find ways to talk with her. Um, a lot, a lot of, she, she does have a lot of good stuff with like normal children um you know like like the same as most normal kids having uh attention span shortages or not being interested in doing this or cleaning up and basically finding ways to deal with it um we we actually had a friend that was at her school that was a child therapist and she she showed us a few different things um that are very good for learning to talk with a child. Uh, they, they do kind of associate with, you know, adulthood as well, because uh, you kind of have to think of how an adult thinks in order to kind of think how a child thinks, which is odd, right? right. Um, she, she was, I would say, you, you're, you're right about the girl thing. She was like ready to go like a five-year-old or a six-year-old at the age of two. Um, I, I remember she was, by the time she was two, she was already, already like mixed in with, cause we speak English, you right. know, normal Americans. Um, she was already learning Spanish. Um, right. she had picked up a bunch of Korean and she had already knew how to count to a hundred. She knew probably like the whole color spectrum. Um, I mean, she can recite books, you know, like back to back, front to back. Um, so she was very good at memorizing. Um, and she was very, uh, I would say 
intelligent and basic common sense. Her just social skills were lacking. Um, so a lot of the things that we learned was pushing empathy on her. Um, so like if she's, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, when a kid is yelling at you or getting mad or throwing a fit and you're like, please don't do that. You know, I don't care. And they do it anyways. Instead of getting mad and yelling back or even spanking at times. Uh, and mind you, I'm not an advocate for no spanking. You know, that's that's sissy stuff. You know, yeah. uh, there's a time and a place when a kid needs a whooping, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. But um, this specific scenario, because of how she was, it assisted. So say that that situation, instead of getting pissed off and screaming at her, what we would do, would just look at her and go, oh, that's, that's so sad. You know, that, that makes me sad. Or you find, you find that one-liner that worked. You know, you, you probably right. have to test a couple of them. Um, but one, one of them that worked for us was like, that makes me upset. That makes me sad. And you just keep doing that when, um, every time they, you know, cause it, it lets them understand kind of what empathy is and it makes them kind of learn that in the process of what they're doing, not only makes us upset and not only that it's wrong, but it, you know, it's sad. It, you know, it makes, it makes, I guess it makes me upset. You know, it's not only wrong, but it makes me upset that you're not only doing that, but misbehaving. So oh. that, that was kind of one way to kind of assist in that factor. That, that actually helped a lot with getting her to stop doing what I asked her not to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. See, I kind of had the op, like my son, very mm. smart child. He's right. reading, like literally, I could probably move him up to the second grade reading level program that we're doing, except for like his handwriting is just horrid, but like he had speech delay and part of it was good in a way, but it also bit us in the, in the rear end, I guess is the best way of putting it is we use this program called child find here in Virginia and it's a government program. And the first year really for, he was in it for a year and a half. The first half year he was in it really brought out a lot of stuff he did real well and his speech was just like he didn't talk a lot and he's not a big talker now he comparably everyone joked about when your kid starts talking you just want them to shut up because they never stop talking once they start yeah but you know kind of the thing is is once he and kids pick up what other kids do right and you know the problem that we found with his speech delay using the government's help with this child find program is they put him in with kids that had other problems other than speech delay. So he saw these kids just screaming and kids that had issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's the child's fault for, but the fact is, is the kids had problems and my kid picked up some of their habits like screaming and, fits and we had after we got him out of there and we took him we decided to avoid public schools altogether because at this point we realize what they were picking up was not good and you know i'm reading and i think i mentioned this before and it 
takes me a, quite some time to get through some books, but just because of my schedule and everything I have going on, but I'm working on this book, and I think I mentioned it before, Eight Great Smarts, right? And I even think it's listed on the resource page for books and magazines on Pancakes with Dad, pancakeswithyourdad.com, where this book I'm reading basically talks about you have to learn the different ways your kid learns mm-hmm. because, like, my son very much a outdoors he would spend the night outdoors every night probably even in the winter time if he could and it he's he's erratic when he talks he'll if it doesn't interest him he doesn't care and all so like yesterday i guess he was at the park and there's a little creek or a little creek by the park depending on where you're from and how you say creek because here in Virginia, it seems everyone says crick, and I'm used to saying creek. But again, is when the door opens, it's that's a crick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm from Northern Ohio, where at least everyone I knew would say creek yeah. instead of crick. Where where I'm from in South Florida, they're not creeks because we don't have them. Right. They're they're toxic pathways that <laughs> the water company dumped into the ground sounds like a lot of fun stay away yeah luckily (laughs) luckily here they're not like that so and where i grew up they were some of the cricks and some of the um creeks however you want to say it they were also ditches and things like that so but so yesterday my son he's like I said, naturally an outdoors types of person. And I think whatever gene developed that might have been, my brother's very much that way too. Loves to be outdoors, hunting, fishing, all this stuff. So he was at part. If you went to him. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I was banned from hunting when I was a kid because I shot the Virgin Mary. So whole, whole story there. And, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it sometime, but kind of what I'm going here is, is my son found his way of communicating with other kids and getting, making friends because like you said, you have to know how to communicate. And part Mm -hmm. of it is, is he started telling some of the kids about the salamanders that he found because he found three salamanders who became pets in his bedroom. So all this, so he started teaching the kids how to find salamanders what to look for and Mm. i guess i gotta i guess there's like 10 kids that he was leading away from the park down this creek where no one's none of the parents really saw and no no, don't go there (laughs) it it was just the nanny that the nanny we had for him she was with them made sure they were all safe this and that but my son just used what he knew to communicate with them by saying there's salamanders down there. There's all these different stuff and started teaching the kids all this stuff. And I found it interesting that he did that because in this book that I'm reading, it talks about you learn the different types of smarts, body smart, nature smart, visual smart, and using those. And it even mentioned early in the first chapter that looking at the type of smarts 
will help the parent be able to communicate with the kid. So knowing that my son is very much nature focused and just spending time with him. And that's another thing I've read quite a bit about people talk about not knowing how to talk to their kids. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem is, is a lot of people are like we discussed prior, just throwing a tablet or a phone in front of their kids or the TV. And they're not, exposing their kids to different experiences like nature and right. dance and music and all this. So with that book and bring my wife to it, to read it with her. So, I mean, we, we do the same thing. We read books and try and figure stuff out. Um, we were talking about, you know, different communication ways and stuff like that. Talk to kids. One uh, book that we found very helpful to not only communicate with each other, me and her, to build mm-hmm. our relationship better, but with our kid, because it kind of falls in line with learning how to talk to adults also helps learn how to talk to kids. Uh, what is it called? Uh, the Love Language Book. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Let me, uh, God, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, well, we'll have to add it up on the resource list for pancakeswithyourdads.com. Yeah, so, I the name of it, but it's about love language. So it's it essentially... Oh, the the five love languages, how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate. It's essentially a book for adults. Right. My that therapist lady, um, and mind you, she's she's awesome. She's a friend of ours. Uh she's super cool. She recommended that we read that book not only for us, but also to learn to communicate with her. Cause, you know, it's it's not wrong. You know, like uh <clears throat> my my wife she does not like to be touched. She doesn't like right. she doesn't like kisses. She doesn't want affection shown that way. Um, <clears throat> they're like like me. Oddly, I like affection to be shown to me when um, somebody essentially tells me I did a good job. Like good job. I don't know why. You're a pat on the back type of person. Right, and yeah, it just I. I, I like people to tell me I did a good job and I like like there's I think you have a first one and a second one like your first one is it's 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 called words of affirmation it's when somebody affirms or gives you a pat on the back verbally says good job you know thank you so on and so forth thanks for what you do thanks for what you did so on and so forth then the set the second one is like your secondary version and mine is touch i like to hug and kiss and whatever whatever but um, i'm a greasy italian so that's what we like to do <laughs> gotcha my, yeah my my wife hers is um her, her her second is words of affirmation but her first is i forget what it's called but it's like when you do things for people like she doesn't want to have to ask me to do the dishes she just wants me to just do them. You know right. what I mean? She doesn't want to have to ask for help in this with the laundry or help picking up the house or help doing this or that. She just wants me to just simply do it without saying anything. You know what I mean? If I go out of my way to help her or maybe even if it's buying her flowers, I just go out of my way to buy her some flowers. I don't say anything. I don't ask her or whatever. I forget what that one's called, but you'll have to read the book. Um, right. Five of them. You know, I mean, there, there's a bunch of different ones. It's it's interesting to read, but they my daughter is that way. My daughter likes um, words of affirmation. Oh, another one is um, time. 
spending time. I think that was my daughter's number one. My daughter likes to spend time uh, with you. Like she wants to sit with you and spend time with you and play, not even watch TV, turn TV off and play, play games, books, read, read books, uh, play, you know, puzzles, whatever. Just as long as she's spending time with you, she's fine. And then the secondary is words of affirmation. Um, when you do those things, uh, the book talks about when you do these things, you almost have like a tank of, you know, love that you need to fill. And when you fill this tank, if the tank is full for the child or even the adult, then the person's overall personality is just better. You know, you're not grumpy. You're not pissy. You're not, um, you know, snarky or attitude. You're overall happy. You're more agreeable to whatever the other person wants to do. You're more friendly. You're actually more affectionate. And uh, my my wife, when I, I noticed my wife not being physically affectionate, wanting to touch a lot. When I fill those, she will. She will be more physically affectionate. So it's it's interesting to read. I'll, I'll definitely have to find uh, the information on the book. Yeah. Uh, so we'll add it to the to the resource page so others can. So yeah, that's one thing people should know is your website's up. So with that, they can go there and see some of the resources and. They have problems. Remember, call with dads. You can find the resources there. The resource page there will link you right to your website. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that a lot of communication tricks that work with with us with adults right. work with kids as well. But I think it you learn how to communicate. But like one thing I was reading, trying to get some mindset my mindset properly in the right place for this conversation was that even though you have to know how people like to communicate or how they like to be connected with you, there's also different ways of, like, I guess, and I I just don't know all the different levels of ages, but with a, a child that's in our kids' age group, five, six years old, their, their way of communicating isn't using big words. Most kids, you don't use big words right. because their first question is, is what does that mean? Where yeah. teenage, yeah, teenagers, older kids, even adult kids using bigger words, they should hopefully know what those words are well enough to know that they don't need to ask you questions and ask you all these things that leads to different conversations away from what you're trying to do. Right. So one thing is, is like I read where it says with older kids, you, you end up addressing directly, Hey, this is what it is, but you have to make sure that your kid is there listening to you, not just And one of the stories was a guy was in the shower when his kid came in to brush his teeth, his son came in, brushed his teeth while he was in the shower. So his kid was a, going to senior year he wanted to get the kid some advice some fatherly advice and as he's talking his wife pops his her head in and go are you talking to yourself or what's going on because our son left the room probably halfway through your conversation (laughs) and that's part of his his reasoning for saying that was is you have to make sure the kid's there and paying attention because trying to give advice without anyone to listen yeah. isn't really useful whatsoever. Right. Doing that with older kids, 
making sure that they're paying attention to you while you talk, which makes sense even with kids our age, our kids' ages, where, like you said, your daughter, ADHD, whatever the initials currently are, where squirrel, yeah, looks her head, and and it's kind of the whole thing of the following that method, making sure your kid's paying attention to what you're saying, using those words to allow your kid to pick up what you're saying. And then, like, I think a lot of it's also being on their level, making sure that you're connecting it to something that they're interested in, which goes back to that eight types of smarts. If your kids... Yeah, if your kids are interested in dance, for an example, you you want to say, so... When you dance, do you realize this or do you maybe not use it that blatantly, but say, talk to them while you're moving. So maybe they they learn while they move. Like my son, he's not a sit in his seat type of kid. Yeah, here's my daughter. <laughs> yeah. So, which is common for kids our, our kids' ages where they want to be up and moving, but he's the Sunday school teacher's one of the few teachers that actually take the time they're like yeah he's up and walking around doing this and that but he answers questions he does does the activities he just doesn't like to sit and you know he listens and maybe getting your kid kid up and taking a walk to talk with them or playing outside but i think a big portion of learning communication with how to communicate with your kid of any age is being involved in their lives and learning what they like and building that connection to where you can say, Hey, by the way. So, and that, that's my opinion in some of what I've read. Surprisingly something uh, that slightly worked there. I, there's two things that kind of worked for me or worked for us. And only they, they essentially, they only work sometimes. I mean, we, we had never worked and then we have now works 80% of the time and 20% doesn't work. So, Right. Better than, better than zero, where is what it was before. So one, one of the ways was when, when we're discussing something or telling her or talking to her, trying to get her to focus and talk to us. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm six foot, you know what I mean? Uh, she's two feet, three feet tall, whatever, you know what I mean? So right. I'm essentially yelling down, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm not a big monster guy or nothing, but I, I'm, six feet 230 pounds you know what i mean and I, I i do have a loud yelling voice because i mean i was military a lot of my life you know so i have bad hearing problems you know uh construction before that so bad hearing problems for that so i yell a lot i talk loudly um i do have a mildly deep voice and i'm big compared to her you know so um she she will kind of almost cower or not want to listen because of that. Uh, but oddly, she does that to my wife, too. So what I do is I just I get down. I get down on one knee or I'll even sit, you know, flat butt on the ground and kick my legs. Sit flat down on the ground and, you know, give her a hug and then grab her by the shoulders and tell her, you know, hey, you know, this is this or this is the other. Or if it's just something short or quick, just drop down to a knee and that way I'm looking at her right in the eyes, looking at her in the face. You know, that way I'm talking to her at her level, you know, because standing six feet high over her, yelling down at her, just kind of, you know, a lot of kids don't really like that. It's kind of weird. 
but it's weird for them. They want to avoid it as much as possible. Um, The other thing, another thing that was very assisting, um, there's actually this other program that I want to add to the page. Um, It's called the Love and Logic program. I think I think you might have seen it. We had it on the uh, on the fatherhood page on True Social a couple times. Um, One of the ways to talk to kids to get them to focus and pay attention to you uh, because you were like, hey, you know, get your underwear on. Or, hey, uh, you know, go get a spoon or, you know, whatever, something. Hey, get your shoes on, you know, stuff like that. And instead of doing that, you give them essentially choices. You know, you go, you go to her underwear drawer and you grab the purple underwear and you grab the orange underwear and you say, hey, purple underwear or orange underwear today. And, you know, it kind of forces them to choose one. So they're going to focus a little bit better. Hey, which which shoes do you want? The shiny black ones or the brown fuzzy ones? You know, I mean, whatever, whatever the case, give them essentially choices. Hey, you know, um, I was reading uh, Save Your Sons was posting about it. The Save Your Sons page on Twitter. Um, Cool guy. Uh, He was posting about it, too. And he he said he he actually does exactly what I do. I have I have like four toothbrushes. All different colors, all different themes. One's a bluey one. One's just like a under the sea one. One's just plain old pink, and one's just plain old purple. I'll be like, "You want a plain one or a themed one?" And she'd be like, "Uh, themed, okay. Do you want the bluey one or the under the sea one?" And she'll be like, "Uh, bluey, okay." Well, you know, so it forces her to choose. And then from that point, it's I have two or three different toothpastes. You know, do you want minty toothpaste or do you want uh, bubblegum toothpaste? So it, it helps her focus. It helps her grab the grasp of paying attention. So that's, See, I, I don't have all those choices. Like yeah. the choices I give my son is, do you want to brush your teeth or do you want to get cavities? And, <laughs> and because he had he had one little cavity where the dentist had to do some drilling. Yeah. So now with that, he's like, he's like, I'll brush my teeth. So it so we don't go through like doing those type of choices may actually work because it doesn't say in the program, the love and logic program, love and logic is built for kids um, for parenting and stuff. Uh, so it actually doesn't say in the program anything about having a type of choice. It just essentially says, give them choices. So that's actually a good way. You know what I mean? You're right. giving kid two choices, brush your teeth or get cavities. Which one, which one do you want? You know, and so. Usually what we tend to do is, and I've never even thought about it because we just happen to do it where, for example, with our son, it's, we give them a positive choice or a negative. Do you mm-hmm. want to go outside and play? Put your shoes on. If you don't want to put your shoes on, stay inside and do nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's not not the nicest way of doing it, but it is. It is what it is. I mean, they got to learn these things. That, that I mean, and that's one thing that I, I tell people a lot also. Um, you, you can't always be nice. You know what I mean? It's sorry it's, it's such as life you know what i mean um you you can't you don't have to be mean but just be forward be straight you know tell the kid you know so it is what it is i mean now 
I was watching that thing from Candace Owens. Did you see that? That uh, she was at that uh, she was at some college or university uh, like a couple weeks ago or whatever, and some trans girl or whatever or whatever advocate for it was like, well, what do you say to the uh, students here that feel victimized about your presence on this campus? And she was like, life's tough. Get a helmet. Next question. <laughs> yeah, sorry about your luck, you know. And I mean, well, when they're an adult, you can be that blunt. But as a kid, you still do have to give them some sort of idea that life's tough. You, you're going to have to make a choice. You can't just... Mommy and daddy's not going to be like, oh, darling, oh, honey, you know, all the time. So, right. But, well, once you get out into the real world, you kind of you have to have your kid ready to deal with everything. They're not going to have bumpers. Right. So you kind of have to be more, hey, this is why. And I'm not I don't think either of us is advocating show your kids the harsh realities while they're in kindergarten. But right. kind of showing, hey you have this to do, you have this to do, yeah. you, you have your choices. You're either going to have a positive choice or a negative choice to make. And, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, do you want heaven or do you want hell? Yeah. And I mean, th those are two extreme choices, but with us getting my son in Bible studies and all this, yeah. it's the most relatable right now I have just because I'm not going to go through all the, like, do you want to go outside? Put your shoes on. If you don't put your shoes on, you stay inside. And for yeah. my son, he's, well, I want to be outside. I mean, it could be raining, tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, whatever the weather is, he wants to be outside. Right. Trust me, I've thrown on a raincoat and gone outside in the middle of a pouring rain coming in with my raincoat soaked, my shirt underneath soaked, my, my socks soaked because the rain's going down my pants and into my rain boots. Yeah. To the point of, and he literally, I had to pick him up and drag him in the house. <laughs> so for him, outside is the way to be. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I've I've talked to my daughter about stuff like that. I've told her straight up. I've used like how you were saying, brush your teeth or get cavities, or outside or don't go outside. One of the two, you know, stuff like that. And one of the one of the ones I do is, hey, your toys are all over the floor. You can either you can either pick them up and put them away. I'll help you, but you're gonna pick them up and put them away, or I'll pick them up. But if I pick them up, you don't get them back. <laughs> That's one of the two. And she she's tested me once, and she's like, okay. And she she played the game, and she she tested me, and she said, you pick them up. And I went and picked them up, and she didn't get them back. And she got upset. And can I have them back? Even the next day, can I have them back? Oh, I said, you know, you had two choices. I gave you those choices. And that was a, a learning curve for her. She learned. And now when I give her those two choices, you know, she focuses, she pays attention. Because if I'm just over there going, go pick up your books or go pick up your toys, she's going to go, uh, go goof off and play. You know, she's not going to listen to me. But if I give her those choices, she has to focus and make a decision. And she focused. She just made the wrong decision the first time, but second time she didn't. <laughs> right. Well, and that makes sense because, mm -hmm. and, you know, with all the different things that you have to do, and each kid's going to have a different method of, yeah. like, in 
you said you have several choices for your daughter to choose for her choices. Me, it's mm-hmm. here's your choice. You either have good or bad. Which right. one do you want to do? And yeah. that's kind of, I think, my mindset is you can either do what's right and what's good. It might not be the easiest choice. Or you can do what's easy, but it sucks. And it's right. not as fun. And the rewards aren't as good. Right. And I think, and mind you, I don't go through like the whole logical stuff with them. But, yeah. And I think one thing I'm starting to pick up from the book that I'm reading and trying to and also realizing my son's habits and what so have you is knowing what he prefers, the things that he likes, the like his bedroom right now has two hermit crabs, three salamanders. He sleeps with one of the cats in his room and usually one of the three out of the three cats we have, one of them are laying in the chair next to his bed. So nature, animals, things like that are very prevalent for him and he really likes it where he can interact with them. And we use that interest, that love that he has for it to be able to help him pay attention. One thing, another thing is, is the nanny that we're working with now pointed out that she found works quite a bit is she assigns a mission or she'll say, what is our mission? So kind of a military thing, but in a kid's play kind of way of saying, okay, ask an order look forward to, right? Yeah. What is our goal? What do we want to achieve? And once they have that purpose set in their minds, at least for my son, he's out. He's trying to achieve that goal and he's focused on doing that to, till he actually achieves it. Now mind you, some of the missions he wants to do, like he saw, was it a giant salamander on one of his shows, Brave Wilderness or something? Yeah. Well, the problem is, is the giant salamander's in one little area. It's an endangered creature in West Virginia. And yeah. the show didn't even say where in West Virginia it was because they're endangered. All this yeah. stuff. And you're just like, well, you're not going to find a giant salamander in the creek. You're going to find a northern dusky salamander, which is about everywhere on the East Coast. Yeah. And ones. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're all the way from Florida up to Pennsylvania, I think. Yeah. So yeah, we have the geckos here. They're gray with orange spots and they, they make that weird ear noise. Oh, uh, cool. yeah, we we don't have the geckos here. I know I know the salamanders they're they're probably more prevalent with the um cooler areas instead of the more tropical florida temperatures because like for right now you're you're in a t-shirt and me we're 57 degrees possibly yeah. i mean it's let's see here nope i was wrong we're 56 i had to check the weather but i but mean no. it's Florida, it's it's sixty eight here. All right, so you're about ten degrees warmer than me, which yeah, I always Pensacola area. So uh, I can make can tell you where I where I grew up down in South Florida. Let's see. Oh, st- I imagine probably steamy and probably yeah. another ten degrees warmer than you are now. Let's see, Fort Lauderdale, eighty one degrees. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Anyways, girl. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that happens and kind of goes back to the communication. And that's also another issue is staying on task while you're talking to your kids. Yeah. I mean, with kids, it's very easy to get sidetracked in a conversation. Now, mind you, part of it is communicating with your kid is letting them explore their communications or their stories and seeing where it goes. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, like I said the other day, yesterday, my son led his own nature class is what I was calling it because he took all these kids exploring down the creek. And and I'm intentionally trying to say creek because, but, but the um, whole thing was, is he was telling his story. And when I would ask him, so did you show, oh yeah, some kids followed me, but I did this and I found this and I'm like, okay, well, did you do anything with the other kids? Because I, my wife and I want to make sure he's interacting, that he's social. I mean, we all want our kids to be social. And right. part of part of my mindset, and I've heard it somewhere and I don't remember where, is you don't worry about how much social interaction they get, but the kind of interaction they get. So, yeah. I mean, you can have your kids socialize with other kids. And if they're learning from the other kids mm. that, hey, this is how we do it here in my house where boys wear tutus and makeup and all this, you know, and don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not saying, Hey, if your son wants to walk around in mommy's shoes, you don't, you don't panic, but you also don't start calling your kid, your son, Jennifer, you know, (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's, it's just kids like to play and, they explore and all this stuff. My son, him and my daughter both will grab whatever pair of shoes are by the door. And because like I wear cowboy boots and they click when they walk, mm-hmm. my wife has dress shoes and they click while they walk. And yeah. the kid, both kids like to play with the shoes because they click when they walk around on the floor. So it's, it's basically that whole getting it figured out kind of thing, but playing with your kid, understanding, but watching who they're socializing with so that one, your values. And, you know, if you're the type of parent that wants your kid to learn that you named him John when he was born, but now because the fad is to have, have your kid change sex. So you want to call it John Jennifer now, then find the parents that do that. And you stick with that group, but keep in mind that, Parents like me, who my son is being taught the Bible, so is my daughter, and you know they're going to teach your kid. Hey, you know Sodom and Gore was doing the same thing before the the angels came and took away the people that were good and demolished with sulfur rocks or brimstone and made Sodom and Gomorrah no more. You know my son will probably tell your kid that story and say what what are you looking to do be there where you get demolished and destroyed or follow a better path right and, you know everyone has their own opinion yeah. yeah i'm the same way uh i mean i think I'll, i think it's jordan peterson was something that i you know he said uh that kind of same thing with me you know i've, I've kind of followed that idea or ideology um you basically have until the age of four to kind of teach your kid to be mildly sociable to the point to where they're not 
basically an a-hole and everybody wants to be away from them you want <laughs> you want people to want to, to teach your kid essentially right if, if your kid's an a-hole they're not going to want to teach him they're going to be like get away from me you know you're annoying but if your kid's good and receptive to information and fun to be around and enjoyable they're going to be more inclined to want to teach them and help them or give them and that essentially by the age of four that's where you want your child to be for the most part and i mean i, I think we've done an all right job i think we did good decent at least i mean our kid's nuts but she's <laughs> really only she's really only nuts to me and my wife as soon as, as soon as somebody else comes around even even like grandma or grandpa as soon as other people come around oh she's an angel just an absolute angel and you know i think that's that's another thing that people, at least dads, need to keep in mind when you're dealing with your kids not listening to you or this and that. A big portion of it is is you're the parent, you're the father. You're there's things that like like you said, when grandma comes around, like my ma was just here not too long ago and my son listened to her a whole lot better than he listened to me. But it's because you're the one that he knows or she knows your kid knows is the one that's going to be setting the punishment, the rules, the, the discipline. So you're the one that they have to test the boundaries with somebody new. It's like, okay, well they'll test the boundaries for a little bit. See if this person's going to let them get away with it, but they know the person's short term being around at least for that time period. So it's not like they have that person to worry about as much. So your relationship with your kid's going to be tested more because your kid sees you as the alpha and the children of the alpha is always going to test the alpha, at least from what I read in a lot of things, because they want to eventually become that alpha. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think if you read that love and logic thing, it yeah. talks about, they, they call it power struggles essentially. Um, essentially a struggle, struggle to gain power, uh, in the home, essentially there, the kid's going to test your waters, uh, play with your emotions. They're going to try and poke at you and get you to do this or try and see how far they can push or try to disobey when you say, do this. And then now I don't know, you know, that type of stuff. And those, those apparent in, in the book, they call them power struggles. It's, basically the kid trying to see how far they can take it, see how far they can, how much they can get away with. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, they, they only, she only really does it with me and my wife. She has done it with grandma and grandpa once or twice. And man, it was quick before she didn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but grand, grandpa is grandpa's bigger than me. He's like six four, like four hundred and fifty pounds, uh, and a big. His, his voice is deeper than mine, and he's he's a court lawyer, so he's he's used to like yelling in the court and stuff like that. So he's his voice is big, deep, and loud, and he's bigger, deeper, and louder. Right, and and he's like almost seventy years old or so. So he's he's got this like older mindset. You know what I mean? And so this is this the end. Sorry about your luck. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So she didn't get away with nothing. She tested him and he was like, nah, blah, blah. and she was like, okay. 
yeah, she she'll test the waters with us. She she pushes my wife more than me because she knows if she comes and whacks me, I'm gonna turn around and whack her back. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but yeah. She uh she'll still do it because even if I whack her back, my wife will be like, You can't hit her. It's like I didn't hit her. I just whacked her. <laughs> you know backhand a four year old much as I want well, to. <laughs> I, I think part of it also has to do with and this is I haven't done any research, it's just my observation and what so have you, but one thing I believe in is if you look at things like my son will try to fight me constantly. Every now and then he'll try to wrestle or fight with my wife, but it's always he'll try to fight with me. My daughter, she if she sees my wife getting close to me or my son or even the cats getting close, she'll get jealous where for her it's it's not about roughhousing. Now mind you, she does like to try to roughhouse a little, but I think with her it's more of trying to have more emotional interaction than physical. And I think part of that has to do with the sex. So your son, son's boys, they need that interactions. They need that roughhousing and wrestling and that my son will happily jump on me and try to choke me out. You know, my daughter, on the other hand, will slap his, if she sees him doing it, she'll slap his arms and then it, as soon as he lets go, she'll try to hug me and like they're there, kind of a caretaker mentality. And, you know, that's I think a bit of it has to do with their gender, their sex, boys, girls, yeah. what so have you. And my, my daughter isn't big on I mean, she still rough house. But like you were saying, just a little she's not real big on like wrestling or fighting. Um for the most part, she likes to like climb on me and I'll rough house with her a little bit, but yeah, like, like you said, she likes the more emotional connection. You know, she likes me to pick her up and hug her or throw her over the shoulder and go sack of potatoes, you know, but she doesn't really like to wrestle, wrestle. Right. So, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a list of ways and, you know, this is probably a topic we're going to have to pick up more to go in depth on different things. And because at this point, I I know there's a lot of ways. And, you know, this is mainly our experiences of what we're dealing with. And, you know, getting other, I'm sure step parents have a different way of looking at it. And yeah. even just like I said at the beginning, I know when I was a teenager, my family had issues communicating with me because of my age, my mindset, and as kids grow and all this, so it's it's going to be a topic that's going to be ever changing and how you do it. And I even said, I think that each age group has a different way of addressing how you speak with them. But I mean, one thing before we finish up, I I think is an important thing, at least in my mind, is one of the most important things that I see as a common factor is that playing with your kids, interacting with your kids, being part of their lives is going to make that communication. Absolutely. I think that's that's the key thing with any, even if you're poorly 
or you're bad at communicating, those mm-hmm. factors, having that connection is going to help you a whole lot on yeah. knowing how to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, cooking with your kid definitely teaches <laughs> them lots of skills, like math skills and stuff, sociable skills. And it's a good way to communicate as well. <laughs> that it is. And that's why you started Pancakes with your dad. Which, that's why you make pancakes. <laughs> yes, well, I make pancakes every Sunday. You make them every week. In fact, I saw online you posted where you were teaching your daughter to make pancakes. Yeah, so, she, well, she, uh, she wanted to make them. Um, I've taught her before, so I kind of let her take the reins. But obviously, her being four years old, you got to. <laughs> yeah. It's hot. You know what I mean? You can't just let her do whatever because, man, like I tur- I put the pan on the on the uh, stove, uh, you know, because I, I got a uh, like a little griddle thing that I could just put on the stove. I want I can't wait till I can get a Blackstone. If I get a Blackstone, golly, the whole neighborhood will have pancakes, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got this little one and I, I set it on the stove and uh, I went and flipped it on. Uh, flipped the stove on to medium and the first thing she did was reach over and grab the pan and I'm like no I mean it wasn't hot you know it had just turned it on but it was still like come on so yeah at that age you you definitely can teach them to cook and death I let her I let her get the ladle with the batter and you know I'm not gonna lie you know I I, I buy the store-bought box made pancake batter you just add milk and stir you know for a four-year-old you know we right. we make our pancakes all the time you know by scratch from scratch but you know not every day is perfect so you know don't don't think i'm some perfect pancake maker where i scratch every single pancake every single time no half of them are walmart brand and that's that's my plug for the week uh <laughs> walmart brand or was it equate not equate uh equate is like their medicine and stuff uh, uh whatever the walmart brand food is um their brand of pancake premix is the best one on the market way better than all of the brands in my in my opinion great Uh, value that's walmart's brand great value great value yeah great value brand is in my opinion the best brand uh out there even for money money for not the money but yeah i let her do the scoop on the pan you know when it's hot I, I let her do that too. I let her do it all. So let's do this. So yeah. we've been talking for about an hour or so. So with yeah. that, you have your website up now, so people can go there and see it. Where where uh-huh. do you prefer people to reach out to you? Because mm-hmm. for you, well, for the show, they can go to callwithdads.com. Yeah. They can where they can find a lot of your links, my links, the show articles that we post, and even we do articles of our conversations with these shows so that if you don't want to listen to it multiple times, you can go back and at least read the summaries and such. But I know call of dads is in a lot of social media areas, Facebook, Twitter, truth, social. I think you said Instagram as well, but where do you, where do you like people to reach out to you if they want to connect to you directly other than going to call with dads? Um, yeah, so I would say, uh, definitely go to the website, uh, pancakeswithyourdad.com and you can definitely click any of the links, um, for any of the social medias, you know, 
Facebook, Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it these days, uh, Instagram, Truth Social. I even have a LinkedIn page. Um, I even I have an Amazon uh, author profile. So all all of those are there, and any of those, you know, I, um, if you just message me through, I think uh, I think a couple of them you actually have to be connected or follow or whatever. Um, I think true social and Twitter, you actually have to be a follower in order to be able to send a message. Um, but you can send me a direct message. Facebook, I don't think you have to, uh, but just send me a direct message there through messenger, through Facebook messenger. I'll, I'll receive it and I'll answer for sure. Absolutely. If you got any questions or information, even if you want to share stuff for, uh, the page, um, I know call with dads has a page on it where you can actually put information on there that, you know, you want to ask us or question us about. Um, I think true social does, or not true social, uh, pancakeswithdad.com does as well. Um, <laughs> those are, I would say those are social media messengers are probably the easiest at this, at this point in time. All right. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, I have my author page because I have three books out and they're not, New York bestsellers, but they're interesting reads. I know you have two books for that can be seen on your website as well. So eamaynard.com, you can reach out to me there. It's pretty straightforward website. And you can also reach out to me at call with dads. You can on the contact page, there's even an option. You can reach out to tell us if you want to talk to me, if you want to talk to Mr. Pancake, what do you want to do? So there's several ways to reach out to us. And we're pretty straightforward and easy to talk with. So, I mean, listen to us. We're not, even in our conversation with each other, we're obviously not too difficult to communicate with. We're pretty straightforward men just trying to raise our kids and not mess them up too much, you know? I squirrel a lot, so don't mind (laughs) mind me. (laughs) So there you go. Well, with that being said, let's call call it a day. We'll talk soon. And... People can follow us. Remember to subscribe to the to the podcast and tell other people as well, because if you're enjoying it, you know other people are. And yeah, leave sure. reviews. Review, leave reviews or ratings if you can on wherever you're listening to this, because people read those and decide if they want to continue to listen. So, all right. Absolutely. So, all right. All right, all right. Bye. Bye.